You are what you eat. Or so they tell us. Some days I'm okay with that. Those are the days when I eat salads for lunch, yogurt and fruit for breakfast. Those are the days I make good choices about what I put into my body. I'd be happy to be those healthy foods, those things that make me feel strong and satisfied. There are other days, of course. Days when I'm stressed out or I'm just moving far too fast. Those days I conveniently forget that I am what I eat. Pizza, extra cheese on my nachos, half a box of Girl Scout cookies. I usually pay for it later when I feel sluggish and unmotivated, not to mention disappointed in myself for my bad choices. This morning, we have the fourth of five gospel readings in a row about bread. In this, the second of our three-year lectionary cycle, year B, we have this five-week run where, in John where Jesus reminds us over and over and over and over that he is the bread of life. While it could be construed as a little bit over the top, five weeks, it does drive home Jesus' emphasis on community and fulfillment and following God's commandments. This bread was not a whim or a suggestion. This was central. This was a commandment for Jesus' understanding of God's work in the world. He meant for us to Hear it, and hear it well. Each of these five gospel selections about bread has a different point about bread's significance. In the past few weeks, we have heard about the feeding of the 5,000, where a very small amount of food was able to nourish a great number of people. That story was about the abundance and the economy of God's grace. Two weeks ago, we were reminded to work for the sustenance of God, for the bread that is Jesus, not food that perishes. In that gospel, we were reminded to put our resources, time, talent, and treasure into the work of God, that work which sustains us into eternity, not the work of humankind that only fills our bellies and hearts momentarily, leaving us hungry later. Last week, Jesus told us that this bread, the bread that is his body, it will keep us in eternal life, that we will no longer be shackled by death. Today's lesson reminds us that the old is passing away, that Jesus, the new thing, has arrived, and we, his followers, have to sign on with our whole hearts, with our bodies and our souls. We must eat and know ourselves whole and wholly loved. So back to it. You are what you eat. It would be absolutely ridiculous, of course, for us to struggle with this on any literal sense. Clearly, I am not a broccoli florette nor am I a chips ahoy, 
But those are some of the things that nourish my body into what it is, mostly strong and healthy, sometimes indulgent and forgiving. The folks around Jesus struggled with the same literalist trap when Jesus spoke about consuming his flesh. And people did for centuries afterwards. The Jews around Jesus put their heads in a huddle and mumbled to each other, how in the world does he expect us to eat his flesh? That's gross. It's against our cleanliness code. It doesn't make any sense. And why? Why would we do something like that? Taken literally, this text, Jesus' words, they posed some serious problems. And the nascent church continued to struggle through its first centuries. Does the bread become actual flesh during the Eucharist? At what point does this transformation happen? Why does it still taste like bread? Taken in a historical, literal sense, even more problems were posed. It sounds a little silly to us today, but these were deeply debated matters. And to some, they are still very important. In the Episcopal Church, we profess belief in the real presence of Christ. In short, that means that Jesus is here, present in the Eucharist. But we're content not really knowing exactly how that happens. It is, like so many things in our tradition, the middle way. But we are clear, we are very clear that the meal set before us in the Holy Eucharist is more than just remembrance. It's more than a symbol. Christ is with us and within us. In that, we are certain. We also believe that just as in body we are what we eat, in spirit we are what we eat as well. When we individually go forward to receive the body of Christ, we will become the body of Christ. When we as a community kneel to accept the body, we become the body. We are what we eat. Of course, the act of consuming the consecrated bread and wine are not alone what make us Christ. We are what we eat, sure. But it is through the actions leading up to the consumption, hearing the word, saying our prayers, confessing our sins, these things prepare us for the eating and the becoming. And then we go into the world to make good on what we have become, to fulfill the promises we have made in the eating. Now, like in the filling of our mortal bellies, there are good choices and there are bad choices when we come to the table to eat of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We can approach the table as a duty, something we are forced to do out of guilt or obligation. We can skip all the parts that come before, crossing our fingers, going through the motions, totally ignoring the content. We can leave this place afterwards relieved that we don't have to think about church or Jesus again for another seven days and leave all the promises we made behind us. I wonder in those instances, too, if we are what we eat, bland. 
unfulfilled. Maybe. But I think God has use for us even then. I believe intention is vital when we come to the table. I believe we should approach the table every time with humility, with open heart and clear conscience. But I also know that God will work with us and through us, despite ourselves, despite our own self-sabotage. Some days I think we need to fake it until we make it. Because even if you are going through the motions, God is making plans for you. I think ideally we would come to the table with every best intention and a grateful heart. But on those days that you are just able to approach the table upright and with your shoes on the right feet, well, congratulations. You're here. There's a reason that my colleagues and I think you should come every Sunday morning. It has little to do with our average weekly attendance or the dollar amount in the plate. It has everything to do with the fact that we believe. We believe in this bread. We believe in this body, both that one that was broken and resurrected and also the one that has eaten and is becoming. I speak from the experience of the church of many centuries when I say, you are what you eat. And this choice is a good one. The more you are here for it, the more your heart will be changed. And then you, the body of Christ, you will change the world. Amen.